Well, on a previous message, I told you about how I love to clean. And some of you share that same love, and others of you, not so much, and that's okay. We're all different, right? And you have different things that you like to do that I may not like, and that's okay, because it just makes things a little bit more interesting. So I do want to just say, I hope that didn't make anyone feel bad if you went home and started looking at, you know, a mess that you have. It wasn't to make, it was just an example as we talk spiritually, okay? So hopefully that didn't make anyone feel bad. As I said, I use that example as we look at this new year to spiritually clean up our lives. And we talked about in that pre previous message, let's clean up for the new year by vacuuming up our worries, fears, and doubts, by dusting off your Bible and making great use of it, by rinsing away unforgiveness and forgiving others and making those relationships right and washing away our sins. And so we didn't get to finish cleaning. And today we are going to finish up and do a little bit more. Is that okay? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you that you are indeed a good, good father. And so, Lord, as we look to you, we pray that your Holy Spirit would come, that you would meet us where we are, that you would help to open up our minds and our hearts to hear from you, God. And we pray that you would challenge us, that you would change us, that you would help us not to just let the words come in one ear and go out the next. But, Lord, I pray that it would penetrate deep within us and that, Lord, your Holy Spirit would move. And so we commit this time into your hands and we pray for your blessing. We pray for your spirit, oh God, to move in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, part of cleaning up often requires for things to be thrown out. Did you know that? Sometimes things need to be thrown out and sometimes people may have a hard time doing that. <laughs> I was going to ask if you knew anybody who may have a hard time throwing out anything, and, and you may. Maybe you're the one who has a hard time throwing out things for different reasons. But you may have family members or you yourself may have a hard time to throw out things. You may think, you know, I may need that in the future, or that may be useful, or somebody can make use of that, right? And, and I found that you know, something could be sitting there for years, and then as soon as you throw it out, th does that ever happen to you? You're like, oh, I needed that, right? It, it sometimes happens. And so there's certain things in our life that are worth throwing out and other things that are worth keeping. But my friends, this year, as we clean up for the new year, these are some things we can throw out and know that we will not need anymore. Throw out bad habits and evil behaviors. Throw them out. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 tells us, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. Throw it out. You don't need it 
anymore. You see, there are certain things in our life that we need to hold on to, that we need to keep, that we need to make sure we're using on a regular basis. And then there are other things like bad habits and evil behavior that there's no place for that in our life anymore. When we are striving to serve Christ, when we are striving to go deeper in our relationship with him, those things have no place in our life anymore. And in fact, oftentimes when we continue to hold on to all that garbage, it just is something that weighs us down. As we walk around with those things, as we carry them in every area of our life, it not only affects us, but it affects everyone around us because we're bringing that garbage with us. And it's time that we make the choice as we clean up, as we say, Lord, search me and show me the things that need to be thrown away. Search me and help me to get rid of it, to let go of it, to no longer let that be in my life and continue to rule me and be there. God gives us a new nature when we come to him. He helps to take off the old nature and he tells us to throw it away because he has given us a new nature, his righteousness. The Bible tells us that we are clothed in righteousness. And when we are clothed in righteousness, there is no need to continue to be putting on those bad habits again and again and again. Some of us need to realize that some of those bad habits may not necessarily be sinful, but they do hinder our relationship and our growth with God. They do hinder us and they hurt our witness for Jesus. They hurt our testimony and uh, they delay our spiritual growth and development. So what do we need to throw out? What are some of those bad habits and evil behaviors that we need to throw out and be done with and get rid of? Well, for some of us, and, and, and all these that I'm saying, I'm including myself because I'm not perfect as well, right? So we're, I'm talking to me just as much as I'm talking to you. For some of us, there may be bad attitudes that we need to get rid of. There are some people that just have a bad attitude in life. And when we recognize and we realize what God has done, how much he loves us, what he has saved us from, and the blessings that he has bestowed upon us, we should be filled with joy unspeakable. We should be filled with this grace. We should be filled with this compassion to want to extend it to other people as well. For some people, they may struggle being very moody and easily annoyed, maybe rude and rough. Get rid of those things. Ask the Lord to help you to have a gentle nature, to be more understanding, to be more loving in how you speak and how you act with other people. What else do we need to get rid of? Well, for some of us, we need to stop blaming other people. We need to stop blaming other people for uh, opportunities that we didn't have, for maybe your parents, for your uh, siblings, for your children. We might tend to blame other people because of things that are happening in our life or because of things that have happened in our life. Stop doing that. 
Yes, it's unfortunate some of the things that you have gone through. Yes, it's unfortunate that they weren't there for you when, they need, when you needed them or they didn't give you what you thought you should have gotten. But stop blaming people and choose to move on and get past it. For some of you, you, need to, you may need to stop insulting and putting down other people. Even within your own family, that may happen. And it may come across even as a joke. But my friends, our words are powerful. Stop doing it. Stop insulting and, and degrading and saying rude things and things that you know you should not be saying. Stop making excuses. Excuses for things you know you should do or things that need to get done or, or why you can't do this or why you can't do that. Some of us are really good at making excuses for this and that and whatnot. And it's time to get serious and say, Lord, help me to stop. Stop making excuses for why I can't do this, why I can't do that, why I can't serve you, why I can't volunteer, why I can't come back to church in person, why I can't give, why I can't do such and such. Whatever it may be, it's time to stop. Stop making excuses. My friends, we need to throw out and get rid of bad habits and evil behaviors. Amen. Habits and behaviors such as overspending, spending more money than we have, jealousy, gossip and lying, overeating, bitterness and rage, swearing and using foul language. We need to stop and get rid of the dependence that we've gotten onto drugs and alcohol and other addictions that we have allowed to continue to run in our life. We need to get rid of and stop wasting hours and hours on t television and movies, social media and video games. My friends, there are always things in our life that need purging. And my prayer for you and me this year is that we ask the Lord to reveal in our lives the things that need to be done away with, the things that need to be purged, the things that need to be thrown out, the things that are hindering our walk with God. Because God wants to take us deeper. He wants to take us deeper and deeper with him. But sometimes the garbage stands in the way of that. The garbage stands in the way of that, and it's taking up space. So may we ask the Lord to help us to get away and to remove those things. Have you ever cooked something, and after cooking, you saw in the pot or the pan, whatever it was you're cooking, you know, food that's stuck on, remnants of that food, and it's stuck on? Anybody, does that ever happen to you? Okay, so I'm not the only one, right? Okay, I thought maybe it's just because I can't cook, but it's not just me. All right, so occasionally when that happens, depending on what you cook, um, if that happens to me, I would just normally soak the pot in the sink, right? D is that what you do too? 
Okay, so, okay, thank you. Okay, <laughs> I'm doing something right. So I would just soak the pot in the sink because I figure, you know, by soaking it, it just helps loosen up the food particles and allows it to be easily removed, right? So by soaking it and submerging it in water, the water helps to seep in and to break up that, that hardness of the food and softens it and allows it to be broken up. So soaking helps. My friends, as we clean up for this new year, I want to encourage you to soak yourself in prayer, to soak and saturate, to submerge your life in prayer, and ask the Lord to help you in every area of your life. Prayer is an essential part of the Christian journey. It is essential for us as Christians. It is the way that we communicate to God. It is one way in which we hear from God. It is essential for us as Christians to spend time with God in prayer, both personal prayer and in corporate prayer, together with other believers. And that's why in our Bible studies at the end, we, we pray together. Saturday mornings is a dedicated time of prayer and fasting. Prayer is essential to us. I read this quote one time, and I can't remember who said it, but they said, one week, W-E-E-K, without prayer, makes one week, W-E-A-K. How true it is that when we go through life in our own strength and in our own power, we feel tired, we feel exhausted. But God says, call upon me and I will give you strength. Call upon me and I will help you. You see, God wants to revive us, re-energize us physically and spiritually. And when we pray and when we spend that time with God, he helps us. He gives us rest. He gives us clarity. He gives us his word. He gives us so much more than we will ever understand. And so this year, I encourage you to soak yourself in prayer. Allow the word of God. Allow God's voice to speak over you, to loosen up the hard parts in your life so that you can easily wash them away and let him come and fill you. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 7 reminds us, never stop praying. Never stop praying. You see, prayer is not something that always needs to be done so long and formal. Uh, it's something that we need to do continually, to be in constant communion with God, to be in constant contact with God. It's something we can do while we're driving, obviously with our eyes open, while we're on the bus, while we're standing in line. And you don't even have to close your eyes to pray. Many of us close our eyes because it's a way for us to focus so that we block out the distractions around us. But we can pray to God simply by talking to him, by having a conversation, whether that's out loud or in our head. God just wants to hear from us. That's what he wants. He wants to hear from us. Prayer allows us to plug in to the power of God. It allows us 
to receive from God what he has to give us. And as we clean up our lives this year, may we strive to devote ourselves in prayer. Whatever may be on your heart, give God your worries. Give God your fears. Give God your challenges. Give him your burdens. Give him your joys. Give him your accomplishments. Come to him in prayer. Come to him in prayer. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 2, it tells us, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Are we devoted to God in prayer? Are we devoted to going to God and spending time with him? And you know, uh, and this is only for me, and, and you may um, identify with it, but God really checked me in the last couple of weeks. And, and I really felt within my spirit that although I'm doing so much for God, I haven't been spending enough time with him. Does that make sense? That sometimes we can be so busy working for God and doing all of the things we think we need to do for him that we neglect spending that intimate one-on-one -on -one time with him. And it's important that we do. It's important that we strive to spend that time with him because that is the time that he wants us to have, that quality time with him. And so, my friends, whatever that may be, maybe that hasn't been a regular part of your life, but may you strive to spend. You know, it doesn't have to be a whole hour to start with. Start even with 15 minutes. 15 minutes a day. Set your alarm clock for 15 minutes earlier or some part in your day just to spend with God and gradually increase it and increase it. The bottom line is that we need to spend it with him. We need to make sure we're making that effort to devote ourselves to prayer. Amen? Amen. So cleaning up for this new year also means making things right with others who we have wronged or have wronged us in some way. It is important that we try to make things right. And sometimes in our relationships with others, that smooth relationship can sometimes become wrinkled. Do you know what I'm saying? It can sometimes become wrinkled. And as we clean up for this new year, I want to encourage you to iron out wrinkles with others. Iron out those wrinkles that you may have with others or that others may have with you, whatever the case may be. And unfortunately, it is part of life that sometimes we do have misunderstandings, we have, you know, disagreements, we may, you know, blame someone or they may have done something or we may have done whatever the case may be right? Things happen and wrinkles get, they get in the way sometimes. But what is important is that we take time to iron out those wrinkles. 
to get rid of them, to make them right again. Whatever the, the difference or the disagreement may be, may you choose to put it behind you, to be able to forgive and to move on because that's what God requires of us to do. The Bible tells us that if we refuse to forgive our brothers and sisters, if we refuse to forgive others, then how can we expect God to forgive us? If we do not want to forgive others, then how can we ask God and expect him to forgive us? Things happen in life, and it is important that we come to that point of maturity to say, although it happened, although it hurt, I'm going to choose to move past this, not even for their benefit, but for mine, so that I can sleep peacefully at night, so that my conscience is clear, so that I don't have to worry and try to avoid them and try to, you know, not talk to them or whatever the case may be. But may we strive to live peacefully with each one. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. And maybe that requires you phoning up someone that you haven't phoned in a long time. Maybe it requires you writing them a letter or asking them if you can meet for coffee or whatever the case may be to try to make things right, to live peacefully with everyone around. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, it says, so if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person and then come and offer your sacrifice to God. You see, what that scripture is saying is that God is more concerned about the condition of our heart than he is with what we have to offer. And what we have to offer is not as important as our heart and making our heart right. And so he wants us to go and to make right those relationships, to go and make sure that we are at peace, that we are um, doing what we should do, whether that is offer forgiveness or ask for forgiveness before we come to him giving a sacrifice. Because that sacrifice means nothing if our heart is not right. That sacrifice does not mean anything. God says that he desires obedience rather than sacrifice. Because without that obedient heart, without our heart being in the right place, nothing that we offer matters. And so, my friends, this year, may the Lord bring to mind maybe someone in your life that you know things are not right with that you know that you need to speak to, to apologize, to ask them to be reconciled. And, and that can mean simply agreeing to disagree. That can mean asking for forgiveness and then choosing to move on. It doesn't mean that you have to be best friends again. It doesn't even mean that they need to be in your life again. But it does mean that we need to make it right. Choose to iron out the wrinkles in your life with other people. 
1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So it is important that we strive to love one another because that is what God calls us to do. Amen? Amen. When you're cleaning, in order to put things away properly, we often need to sort things out. Do you know what I'm saying? Things can accumulate and become overwhelming in certain areas. And sometimes it requires sorting things out. You know, this goes back in this drawer. This goes in that cupboard. That goes in there. And that is one of my biggest things. So you may think, you know, dust. Yeah, I don't like to see dust. But I also like things to be in its place. You know why? Because I don't have time to be looking for things. I don't have time for disorganization. So it keeps me organized. It keeps me, you know, knowing that's where it is, that's where to find it. Quickly, I know I have that. You know, I, if someone asks for something, I can get it for you because I know where it is. And it requires sorting out. In the same way, my friends, we often need to sort out our relationship with God. And this year, as we clean up, may we strive to sort out our relationship with God, to sort out what is happening in our life, to sort out our priorities, to sort out how we're spending our time, to sort out how much time we're giving to God, to sort out those things. And so I want you to think for a moment on this question, just silently. How is your relationship with God? How is your relationship with God? Maybe for some of you, you would say it's great. It's never been better. You're spending more time, you're reading, you're studying more, you're learning more, and that's great because that's where we want it to be. Maybe for some of you, you're thinking, well, it's good, but I know it can get better right? And, and maybe for some of you, it's just on the surface level. Like, you know that God loves you, you love God, you believe in him, but that's as far as it goes. And, and you know it needs to go deeper. And maybe for others of you today, maybe you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you've never made that personal decision to accept Jesus into your life. Maybe for some of you, you used to have a relationship with God, but it's not really there anymore. And you're kind of finding your way back slowly. Whatever it may be, my friends, regardless of where we are in our relationship with God, in our spiritual journey, we all need to sort things out. We all have some sorting out to do in our life. It is important that we move the spiritual clutter and we sort through all of those things. We sort through the bad habits. We remove those things. We throw out what needs to be thrown out and we put what needs to be prioritized, which is our relationship with God. You see, our relationship with God shouldn't just find a little space to be fit into our life. Our life should be centered around the relationship we have with God. 
Our life should center around that relationship. That means that everything we do, we do with the awareness that we are serving God. We do with the awareness that we are witnessing for God. We do with the awareness that what we're doing is honoring and pleasing to God and serving him in some way. That's what centering uh, everything else around that relationship means. We need to put that effort in. God desires a relationship with each one of us. He has made it possible that we can have that relationship with him. But we need to put the effort in in order to do it. Acts chapter 17 verse 27 says God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him. Though he is not far away from any one of us. God is not some distant figure that we have no connection with. He is a personal God who wants to have a personal relationship with each one of us. He is always near, always ready, always willing, always there to welcome us home and to have a relationship with us. He wants us to willingly turn to him to repent of our sins because, he, because it's sin that stands in the way from that relationship with God. It's sin that stands in the way for that relationship with God, but he has made it possible to us to be reconciled to him. And it is up to us to choose him. We need to choose God. I like to clean in a certain way. When I'm cleaning, I like to use certain products. I have a, like a routine. You know, I start in this section and kind of work my way through, and then that way, you know, I know it's done. So I have a certain method. And, and before my husband and I got married, I told him, I said, listen, this is something that you need to know about me. Some of you already know this, but I'm going to tell you for the record. I'm a very picky person in certain areas. In certain areas. And I like things a certain way. And that's why I normally do it myself. Right? I, I like things to look a certain way. I like things to be organized a certain way. You know, and, and, and so I said, you have to understand that. That this is one of those things that marrying me you have to be okay with. He said, will you, you know, so you want to do the, the cooking? I said, yes. You want to do the cleaning? I said, yes. He said, you want to do the laundry? I said, yes. He said, can't, doesn't sound any better than this, right? <laughs> so I said, okay, good. <laughs> so he already knew I was going to do it. Okay. So he knows I'm picky. So one day I come home. And it was a busy day. In fact, it was just a busy week, very overwhelming, several funerals, lots going on. And, and so he was off, and I come home, and he greets me at the door, and he says, uh, I cleaned. And I said, you cleaned what? <laughs> and he said, I cleaned the whole condo. And, and, and I said, oh, oh, okay. And so, you know, I'm now like, 
you know, my heart, I'm starting to get these heart palpitations, and, and, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and so he said, here, come, let me show you so you don't have to clean. So he starts taking me around and showing me everything he cleaned, because he was so excited, right? And now I had a choice. I could be vocal, right, and, and, and tell him how I feel, or I could just, you know, be quiet and, and just appreciate that he put the effort in. So I was just quiet, and he's showing me, so, you know, showing me how he cleaned all the mirrors, and he cleaned the kitchen, and the bathrooms, and everything, and so, you know, while I appreciated Parik's effort, there were a lot of things I noticed. <laughs> you know, the mirrors, first of all, you know that if they're not cleaned properly, you see the, the streaks and the watermarks and, and, and all of that, right? And so the, I could see the streaks, and especially when the sun is shining on it, it's even more visible. And, and, and so I, I thought, okay, well, that's one I'm going to have to redo, right? Then, then we go in the kitchen, and he's showing me everything. And, you know, it wasn't too bad. But on the counters, this is what drives me crazy, is, like, he will eat over the counters, and, and not even use a plate, and so fine, you know, you clean up the crumbs, but he wiped around all the stuff on the counter I, instead of moving all the stuff so I could still see the crumbs, right? So, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's another one. And, and, and he vacuumed, but, you know, when you're vacuuming, uh, sometimes you have to go over the, the spot twice because may, you may miss some things. And, and I told you about our couch, Right? So, of course, you know, you need to vacuum. Um, you know, I could still see the little black leather pieces everywhere. And so I thought, you know, I appreciate the effort of you trying to clean, but I still have to redo it. So, in a way, I kind of wish you just left it because, you know, your time and energy and, and whatnot, though I appreciate the effort. There, there's a reason I'm telling you this, okay? So it just wasn't to my standard. And then he asks me the question, did I do a good job? <laughs> do you remember that part? And, and, and so I just kind of gave him a hug. I just didn't say anything. <laughs> and I said, thank you for trying. You know, thanks for, you know, putting in the effort to do it. The bottom line was that he tried to help. He tried to put in the effort, and even though he didn't do it, what I would say properly or to my standard, uh, I knew I needed to do it again. You see, much like how my husband tried to help is like our relationship with God. When we come to God and we try to clean ourselves up ourselves, when we try to clean us up ourselves, we, we come before God and, and God looks at us and he says, just come just as you are. Come as you are, because don't wait till you have your act together. Don't wait until everything's perfect in your life. Don't wait until you figure things out and you sorted things out. Just come and I will clean you up. You see, our standard of good is nowhere close to God's standard of good. When we think that we're good, when we think that we're good enough or that our works are good enough, when we stand before God, Isaiah the prophet says our, our righteousness and our, our, our lives are like filthy rags before God. It's nowhere close to his standard. And if we think that we're good enough, 
to get into heaven. And this is the lie that so many people believe because I'm a good person, because I do good things. You see, our standard of good and God's standard when he tells us in Genesis 1, it is good. When he looked upon creation and all that he had made and he said, it is good. God's standard of good is so much beyond what we will be able to comprehend. It is not by good works that we get into heaven because we will never be good enough to reach God's standards. We will never be clean enough on our own to be able to be clean enough to get into heaven. But God says, when you come as you are, I will clean you up. He will make us new. He will give us a new nature. He will make us into a new creation. He will give us a new song in our mouth and give us a reason to go on. You see, my friends, when we go to God, we don't have to go trying ourselves to be good enough, but we go to God acknowledging, Lord, I need thee. Oh, I need thee. When we go to God, we go before him hiding nothing because everything is laid bare before him. God sees all and we don't have to go pretending to be something. We don't have to go pretending to be somebody. We don't have to go pretending that we have our act together and that we're perfect because God already knows. You see, anything that we do in our own strength will always fail. And you say, that makes no sense. That makes no sense because so many people are doing things without God, and yet they seem to be doing really well. You see, my friends, when we read the Bible, one of the reasons that we don't understand what it says is because we're reading it from our physical, earthly perspective. But God is spirit, and we need to read his word with our spiritual eyes. And what he's saying is that without me, you can do nothing spiritually. Without me, you will not be able to overcome those demons in your life. Without me, you will not be able to stand before those giants and slay them. Without me, you will not be able to do this and to do that because all of our efforts will be in vain if we try without God. We need his presence and we need his power. When you go take a shower, do you wash part of yourself before you get into the shower? No, right? Doesn't make sense. The reason that you go and you take a shower is so that you can be fully clean. God says, when you come to me, I will wash you whiter than snow. There's no need for you to try to do it all on your own. I will clean you up. Spiritually, our efforts will be in vain if we don't put God first. God wants us to turn to him and allow him to move and to clean us in our life. <clears throat> I was reading, <clears throat> sorry, my voice. I was reading this passage of scripture in John chapter 13, and it really started to make sense to me. It says in verses um, 7 and onwards, so Jesus is washing his disciples' feet in this passage of Scripture. In verse 7, um, so before that, sorry, Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Because he doesn't want him to, right? He's being proud and doesn't want Jesus to wash his feet. And Jesus replies, you don't understand now what I'm doing, but someday you will. 
No, Peter protested. You will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands, my head as well. Lord, not just my feet. And then here's the verse. Jesus replied in verse 10, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. You see, what Jesus is saying is that when he has washed us clean, when he has saved us, when he has made us a new creation, there are things in our life that we often have to come before God and ask for forgiveness. We need to ask him to forgive us, but that doesn't make our whole spiritual selves unclean. We need to just clean up the part that's dirty. Do you see that? Jesus says, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. Have you been washed in the blood of the lamb? Have you experienced that overwhelming cleansing in every single area of your life? You know, the first step is inviting Jesus into our life. And then as we experience him more and more, and he fills us and he takes control and we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that's when we experience that second work of grace, which we call entire sanctification, where we are entirely sanctified through and through, and we give full control over to God. My friends, this year, as you live your lives, as you go on, may you strive to say, God, fill me, make me clean, clean my heart, do in me what you desire to do. And as the psalmist in Psalm 51 says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. As we go through this life this year, May we strive to go deeper spiritually. May we ask God to spiritually clean us and cleanse us and wash us, make us new and revive us. And may we indeed strive to go deeper in our relationship with him. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. Thank you, God, that you are a, a forgiving God a God who is full of mercy and compassion, who over and over and over desires to meet with us and to make us clean and to wash us. Lord, we pray that you would come and that you indeed would move upon our lives, would move in our lives and help us. Lord, we thank you that it's nothing that we can do that saves us and that makes us right, but you come and you give us that full spiritual cleansing that we need, that we can be reconciled to you, where we can be forgiven of our sins and adopted into your family. And so, Lord, we choose, we choose you. We choose a relationship with you. And so I pray that you would challenge us, challenge us to uh, see where we are and to how we can go deeper and may you indeed move in our life and bless this new year and so Lord may our desire continue to be to say I have decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back in the powerful name of your son Jesus we pray amen amen